ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان استقى الحديث كتاب الله وخير هدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها فان كل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار Alhamdulillah wa bi fadlih All praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has allowed who have allowed me to be here bi idhnillah ta'ala in Masjid Quba in Florida in the city of Orlando with our brothers and sisters uh we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that this be a blessed gathering as well as the gatherings before me bi-ithnillahi ta'ala. Firstly, before beginning, I spoke to our brother Abu Yusuf. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, have mercy upon him, make things easy. Uh, he apologized because he missed the flight, but it wasn't because he was dilly-dallying or gallivanting. It was rather because he had a, a manner with a brother that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused to pass. Called them the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the angel of death to take his soul and there was no mahallala. There was no way around it. Bi'ithnillahi ta'ala. And here, the man he had with the brothers, he was the one who had to take care of all of the affairs. The washing and so forth like that. And by the time he got back to the airport, he missed the flight, and he was not able to be here. So he apologized in that sense. Secondly, this uh, is, will not be a daras. I apologize in that sense. Uh, I've been very, very busy, b'ithnillahi ta'ala. Uh, and in actuality, because of my fears, uh, I tried to bow out, but the pressure was put on me from... Uh, multiple angles. <laughs> the pressure started last night and it did not cease until uh, sometime after Dhuhr today, inshallah. So nevertheless, 
As I said, this is uh, closing remarks, following those brothers who are presented that of benefit. So in that, as it relates to the, the akhlaq, as it relates to the mannerisms and the manners and the manners of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, from that, from that he was in the middle course. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam was in the middle, middle course in his affairs. He would take that which was easier, the easier of the two permissible affairs. If one was permissible, the other one was permissible, he would take the easier one in both affairs. And that, barakallahu fikum, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he reminds us, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا لِتَكُونُوا شُهَدَاءَ عَلَى النَّاسِ وَيَكُونَ الرَّسُولَ عَلَيْكُمْ شَهِيدًا And like that, we have made you a just nation, a just nation in the middle course. لِتَكُونُوا شُهَدَاءَ عَلَى النَّاسِ In order that you will be a witness over the people and that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam will be a witness over you. In that one will say, well, how can the messenger be a witness over us? In that sense, ya barakallahu fikum from it, is the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where it would be a hujjah for you or hujjah against you. Hujjah for you or hujjah against you. And also, likewise, yawm al-qiyamah. Likewise, yawm al-qiyamah, we know that the Prophet wasallam will be a witness for us or against us in that affair, whether we practice his sunnah or whether we did not practice his sunnah. So that, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he reminds us that to be in the middle course. When you have a statement of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, as you mentioned regarding the deen of Islam, regarding, regarding the religion of Islam and how it should be practiced and the way the religion of Islam is, he said, he said that the deen is between the one who is extreme and the one who is too lackadaisical. So that also refers back to the uh, to the eye of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَكَذَلَكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا And like that, we have made you a nation in the middle course. Middle course, ya barakallahu fikum. Middle course is not the middle course that we choose and we decide that it's the middle course. You go for a job interview and uh, the woman interviewer she reaches out her hand to shake your hand and you shake her hand and say, this is the middle course, Akhi, because uh, I really need this job. No, that is not the middle course because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala firstly as well as the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has forbidden this. But one will say, oh, okay, you have the other course, the one that is too extreme where she puts her hand out and she does not know. It's a gesture of what the gesture of the kufar is. 
and the brother smacks her hand. He smacks her hand and says that, I'm not going to shake your hand. I don't shake woman's hand. I can't touch women. No, we have to be in the middle course. The middle course is, excuse me, miss. Uh, I hope it's not, nothing is offensive or anything like that. But from our religion, the religion of Islam, we're not allowed to touch a woman that is uh, permissible for us to marry. And you leave it like that. And some of them, they become offend offended. And some of them, they're not offended. Some of them want to know some more about Islam. Some of them might say, well, I'm happy that uh, you explained that because uh, if you didn't explain it and just said that um, I don't shake women's hand, then I would be uh, offended or I wouldn't have given you the job. Nevertheless, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has designated and he has made for us to be in the middle course. The middle course can be in many things, in our speech, in our interaction, in our practice of our religion, as it relates to the salah, as it relates to the, the nawafil, as it uh, relates to that which is uh, fard, that which is mandatory. For instance, being in the middle course, it's not that one prays all night, every night, and he's missing Al-Fajr on time uh, every night or every morning. He's not able to make Al-Fajr on time because he stayed up all night and he tried to pray. And by the time Al-Fajr came in, he was overtaken by sleep. This is not the middle course. The middle course is... That one will pray, one will pray that which he has the ability to pray, and he would lay down. Then he would lay down, and then he would prepare himself and try to wake up for, for Al-Fajr. As the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he mentioned, he said that I pray and I sleep. And all of those three characteristics in which he mentioned, he said, وَمَنْ يُرَغِبِ عَنْ سُنَّتِي minni." And he said that whoever goes against my sunnah, raghiba here, in its actual sense, the literal meaning, raghiba means to want or to desire. So one will say, well, why does it mean here that someone doesn't want my, my sunnah? Uh, here you have the, the, the harf, an, ikhtilaf. Uh, you have the word an here. So an comes after raghiba. It does not mean that whoever wants my sunnah means here whoever does not want my sunnah. And who does not want the sunnah of the Prophet? Those who go against the sunnah of the Prophet. As the Prophet, he reminded us, and he reminded us that all of you. He reminds us that all of you. He said, Kullukum Jannah. He reminds that all of us will enter al, al Jannah. What, what there's istithna here. There's an exception here. Illa man Except for the one who refuses. 
So now the Sahabas, they, hear this, they heard the statement, Ridwanallahi alayhim. They heard the statement, they're astonished. All, who does not want to go to Jannah? All of us want to go to Jannah. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he reminded them and he informed them and he clarified to them that Man Athani Dakhal al Jannah. Whoever obeys me will enter Al Jannah. Woman Asani Fakad Abba and whoever disobeys me, meaning the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, goes against his Sunnah, does not accept his Sunnah, does not practice his Sunnah. That whoever whoever refuse the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then he will not enter into Al Jannah. So that's to inform us and remind us that the means of entering Al-Jannah, the means of entering into the paradise is that one has to, one has to implement and practice the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Alihi Wasallam. So one will say, well, The Sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, is something that is voluntary. So how can you say how can you say that one will not enter a Jannah if he does not practice the Sunnah? The Sunnah has many facets, Barakalafikum, and from the facets of the Sunnah. Is that which the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam commands you? Then it's upon you to obey. And that which he forbids you, then it's upon you to stay away. So in that, the ulama, they explain, the scholars, they explain that that which you have been commanded. This is for those people who say, that you have to do things in stages. So this is a reminder that whoever, whatever Allah, whatever the Prophet ﷺ commands you, then it's upon you to do it to the best of your ability. But there's another facet that's attached to it. Whatever the Prophet ﷺ forbade you from, then you have to stay away from it immediately. Whatever the Prophet ﷺ commands you in doing, this comes under the bab of Fattakullah Mustata'atun. But if he forbade you, he forbade you from saying this, he forbade you from doing this. He forbade you from interacting in this. Then there is no left with Dawran. There's no if, ands, and buts about it. It's a must that you obey the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Ala Alihi Wasallam. But it's also, as Shaykh al-Islam, as he reminds us, Rahimahullah, al-Din bain al-Ghali wal-Jaf. 
So now also, it's not for the one to be extreme in, in the practice of his religion to the point where he runs the people away. He's extreme. There's a, there's, as we mentioned before, there's a choice between two things that's permissible and he always wants to make it lazim that you have to take the harder one right here. If there's two things that's permissible, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa will take the easier of the two affairs. Now, this is connected to the fact of the shahid here in this affair. The pivotal point is affair that is permissible. The affair that is permissible. Not a fear that's haram. The brother comes now and he, he makes up his own qaida. He has two haram affairs and he said he took the easiest of the, the, the two. Both of them are haram. So it's a reminder to myself and a reminder to my brothers and sisters. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, La yishaduddin ahadun illa ghalaba. That one is not severe and stern in the religion except that it overtakes him. It overtakes him. But it does not mean now that one is, he's diligent in not being stern to the point now where he ends up being too Jeff. Now he's too lenient. He's too lenient. The, the house that I just purchased, I had the the I had to take the the the, 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 the easier road. The bank, uh, two banks, they gave me uh, a choice of 2%. Another gave me a, a choice of 5%. So I took the easier road. And I took the mortgage that is 2%. This is, this is not what it's meant. It's not meaning that the easier road, there is no easier road in the haram. They're both cursed. And remember, in the affair of riba, is a serious affair. Just like the affair of tattoos, serious affair. The affair of riba is that the lowest form of it is like having sex with your mother. So do not allow the shayateen, do not allow the kuffar to entice you to the point where you begin to believe that it's okay. We have those who have been misguided, they tell the people that um, you're in America and there's no way around it. This is untrue. The way around it is to rent an apartment 
until you have, you rent a house, you rent an apartment until you have the ability to buy a house with no riba. This is not saying that loans are haram. Loans with a riba is haram. If a brother now, he has wealth and he buys a house or he loans you the money and, say, and says that uh, we're, um, I'm going to have my name on the deed and your name is going to be on the deed until you finish paying, paying me for it or whatever the criteria may be. We can share in the we can share in the benefit from this from this house, then alhamdulillah. But now when the brother begin to say that I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the best percent I can give you. Or the brother he begins to say that I'm going to allow you to pay this off to me directly. I purchased the house for 150,000, but I'm going to charge you 2%. This becomes haram. But in another instance, it's possible that the brother, he owns the house now, and he, he charges you a flat rate in addition upon what he paid. There are many ways around it. Don't allow the kufar to tri trick you or don't allow the shayateen to trick you into falling into haram. That's a curse, that's harb. That's a war with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger. Who, who's able to withstand that. Also, Ya Barakallahu Fikum, in these particular days and times, it's a must that we stick to that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and that which His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, and that which they have allowed, that which Allah and His Messenger has allowed, and that which He has forbidden, it's a must that we stick to it. From that, Ya Barakallahu Fikum, Al-Islam between the Ghali and the Jaf, Sheikh Al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, as he said, Al-Islam is between being too stern and not stern enough. But it does not mean, Ya Barakallahu Fikum, now we're, we're, we're going to become mutasahil. And now we begin to say, we're going to excuse all of the different groups or the different sects, we're going to excuse them in that which we do not agree upon. And we're going to work with them on that which we agree upon. This is a concept from Ikhwan and Muslimin. We do not go that route. Also, we do not become mutasahil, become soft. We're in the middle course. جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا لِتَكُونُوا شُهَدَىٰ عَلَى النَّاسِ وَيَكُونَ الرَّسُولَ عَلَيْكُمْ شَهِيدًا We do not become now mutasahil to, the, to, the, to uh, the affair where now we begin to chant 
the rights of the homosexuals. And we begin to go to marches with them. And we begin to have debates. And we begin to say that they have the right. There's no right that we can come with our own selves. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have that right. Everything as it relates to that subject. And unfortunately you see many of the people now. They are becoming soft and lackadaisical regarding that. Why? Because legally, if you're a religious institute, it's permissible now to take grants. Grants are their gifts. But their criteria is sprinkled in there with that grant. Some of them, most of them, that now you cannot turn away a person because of their sexual orientation. So now you find the different people and the different institutes becoming lackadaisical regarding that. And now you see them give an ambiguous statement saying that this is their right, they're human beings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's the one that created them. He knows they're human beings. Lut alayhi salam, when the people would come to the village, he asked them, or they were told that, I have many women. Do you not want, do you not want these women? I'm summing it up. They would reply by saying, you know exactly what we came for. They only wanted men. We know the punishment that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made for that. It's not for anyone to, whether it's on video, audio, to now because they're trying to soft side or please the kufar or please the many letter group that now they say something that could be misconstrued and understood that it's okay. This is not something that should be portrayed to the kuffar. It should be portrayed to the kuffar and to the Muslims. And especially now, in this time where they're snatching off our children. What happens? The Muslim now his child, he becomes affected by it. So now, he becomes muta'atif in the affair. He becomes emotional in the affair now. He begins to say, well, he's my child no matter what, and I love him. But he doesn't explain or he doesn't take the stance that this is haram. And I'm not in agreement with this and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbids this. I've heard the stories from many brothers. The young girls are coming home. And they're being persuaded by this. I've heard the stories of young boys are coming home. And they're persuaded by this. 
So it's a must upon all of us that we keep advising the youth and we keep in their ear because now they are challenged by social media. Social media is, is, has been set up to call them now. So now it's a battle between social media and what's correct. And these days and times where brothers are more concerned with people are more concerned with receiving a check from views rather than that which is correct. So as I said, Ikhwan, this is uh, basically a closing statement and a reminder a reminder to our brothers and a reminder to our sisters and especially after these long and arduous times which some of us saw death in our family some of us saw death with our spouse our kids It's not for one to get frustrated now decides that he wants to give up. I can't take it anymore. It's a reminder that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to test his ibad in many ways. Money, children, health, all of these affairs, the Muslim, the believer, the mu'min will be tested with during his lifetime. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us, وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ وَنَقْسٍ مِنَ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ He reminds us that we're going to be tested with all of these things, our wealth, we're going to test with ourselves, our money, so forth, etc. And the ones who are patient, and give glad tidings to the sabirin, the patient ones. Those, if they are afflicted, if they are afflicted by affliction, قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ That from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we come and unto Him we return. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have mercy upon the amwat from the Muslimin, especially in these times. And also... A word of encouragement for those who were afflicted mentally by the, the whole COVID-19. Because some, some of us, some of you, some of the Muslimin, they weren't, they weren't able to take it being locked in. They were losing their minds. Some brothers ended up 
divorce. Some brothers ended up in bad situations, really, really needing some, someone to talk to. And we commend those people who aided those people because sometimes you have those who are in those situations and they're ashamed to say that I'm really being tried mentally right now because of all this trials and tribulations. And with this we end with the Ramanda. وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُعِي وَنَقْسٍ مِّنَ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ الله سبحانه وتعالى وفقكم الله فقهني الله وياكم وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وجزاكم الله خيرا